Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast presented by the Denver Post. This is sports writer Kyle Newman, joined as usual by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran, bringing you a preview episode of Super Bowl LVI and of course talking about the Broncos coaching staff, which is coming together. We'll talk about that, break down what the Broncos can take from the Rams and the Bengals in terms of roster building en route to their Super Bowl appearances. Von Miller back in the big game for the first time in six years. His last appearance, he won Super Bowl 50 MVP. We'll break that down. Why can the Bengals win? Why can the Rams win? And then ultimately, we will pick a side and give our predictions here on the first in Orange podcast. So, Ryan, let's start off with the local news, and that's the Broncos coaching staff coming together since Nathaniel Hackett was hired. Justin Alton, offensive coordinator, Butch Berry, offensive line coach, Clint Kubiak, passing game coordinator, quarterbacks coach, those of all have been officially announced. And then also a pinning hire at defensive coordinator, Ejiro Evero from the Rams. He's currently their secondary coach. He will probably slide into that defensive coordinator role. What are your general thoughts and feelings here as Coach Hackett starts to build this staff and look towards 2022? Well, if Nathaniel wanted to go with the younger route, he's definitely doing that. I mean, this was this was a gray beard staff Big Fangio had because he's in his 60s and he felt comfortable with um, you know coaches with a lot of uh, experience who could sort of take care of themselves. Disagree, agree with that philosophy, but you know the other thing that stands out is you're going to have a lot of guys doing their jobs for the first time, which is interesting at this level. Hackett, first time head coach. Um, out and first-time coordinator. Barry, first-time running his own offensive line at the NFL level. Um, Evero is going to be a first-time defensive coordinator in the NFL. So Kubiak was the quarterback coach in Minnesota, then the play-calling coordinator last year. So he at least has something there. So uh, it's interesting to see how the staff rounds out in terms of do they get do they get some experienced position coaches or like senior assistants to you know be mentors or help some of these guys along, but. The other, the other takeaway is Hackett is dipping in the guys he's connected with. Uh, all those names you've mentioned so far, he has worked with at UC Davis or Tampa or Green Bay. So uh, going, you know, with Evera going all the way back to, uh, you know, near like more than 15 years ago. So young and connected to the head man. Those are my two main takeaways. And then another thing would be remiss if we didn't mention on the coaching staff, Ryan, Zach Azani returning for his fifth year as the Broncos wide receiver coach, bringing some continuity there to that very young dynamic group featuring Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, and Tim Patrick. So some continuity there after Azani had some interest from around the league, but Nathaniel Hackett wanted to keep him in-house in Denver. Yeah, and I I applaud Hackett for that because just because you don't know a guy doesn't mean you can't think he can be a good coach for your system. And, you know, Azani, you mentioned this will be his fifth year. This will be his third head coach. This will be his fourth offensive coordinator. You know, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton got big contracts by working with Zach. Uh, You know, like Azani's next project's got to be Jerry Judy. Um, assuming he's here next year. And, and then the, the uh, Kendall Hinton developed into a, you know, a rotational guy under Zach's leadership. So, um, you know, I, I think this, you know, well, here's the other thing. If you, you keep a guy around, you obviously think he's a good coach, but he can also provide some details into A, what the hell has gone wrong here lately? And B, tell me about these players. You know, how do they tick? How do they want to be coached? You know, that kind of thing. So it's sort of an intelligence thing and also a coaching thing. 
Again, this is the first in Orange podcast. That's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman breaking down the Broncos coaching staff. Of course, we'll continue to track that at denverpost.com slash Broncos. All continuing developments, official and otherwise. Now let's look ahead to this game here. But as we look ahead to the game on Sunday at SoFi Stadium, the Super Bowl, what can the Broncos take from each of these paths, these teams that take, have taken to the Super Bowl? Of course, you look at Los Angeles's route, Sean McVay continually punting the draft and saying, I don't care about the draft. Win now. Let's trade for these guys. Let's bring Matthew Stafford in. Let's bring Odell Beckham Jr. Let's trade for Von Miller. He went all in on this season, and here they are one win away from realizing that goal. Meanwhile, you got the other side of the coin. That's the Bengals, who have used the draft largely – course they've acquired some other pieces i.e trey hendrickson on the defensive line via free agency but they've used the draft to get their centerpieces on the field and hear them to the super bowl and of course that being joe burrow at quarterback two years ago with the number one overall pick and then jamar chase most recently the rookie wide receiver having a heck of a historic season what do you think ryan yeah i mean two different ways you mentioned the rams um you know let's need the general manager it's very aggressive uh, in signing his own guys. He made trades for Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, signed uh, Odell Beckham when he was uh, uh, released by the Browns. And to me, that was a low-risk move. That was a you know basically a half-season deal. But he gave a second and third for Von. Is you know could be a rental, and then gave up a lot uh, for Matthew Stafford to uh, get out of Jared Goff's contract and feel like they have an upgraded quarterback. So contrast that with Cincinnati. They did what the Broncos will probably never do is they bottomed out and got the first pick and they took advantage of it. They drafted a quarterback. They were patient with head coach Zach Taylor. And then they were, they were splurged in free agency this past year with Trey Hendrickson, the edge rusher, Mike Hinton, the nickel corner. Those two players have worked out well. So, you know, if you're the Broncos, what you do is you take a little bit from each with the Bengals, you see how they identified free agents and maximize their draft capital on the Rams. You look at taking the big home run swing. We all know what the Broncos need to do with their home run bat this offseason. Stafford-type deal. Uh, you know, A year ago at this time, before that deal was done, the Broncos were interested in Stafford, uh, but they, they were not willing to give up those two first-round picks and uh, didn't have a quarterback. I mean, maybe Drew Locke didn't interest Detroit at that time. So, you know, sort of uh, contrasting past to this game, but they both worked for the respective teams. First Norwich podcast, that's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. So, of course, the big storyline on the Rams side is Vaughn Miller now wearing number 40 instead of 58, returning to the Super Bowl, be his third appearance, looking to pad his resume for Canton. He can win his second Super Bowl ring, like I mentioned at the top of the show. Last time he was in the big game, had a couple sacks, a couple forced fumbles, had, of course, the first quarter play that really trampolined the Broncos to the win over the Panthers in that game with the strip sack of Cam Newton which was recovered in the end zone by a teammate. So another big chance for Von Miller here on the big stage. He's back in it, and he will be a free agent this year after this game. So his future, very murky, very unclear, but what is clear right now is he can pad that resume for Canton, as I said. I was talking to Bradley Chubb yesterday. He predicted a multi-sack game for Von Miller. So we'll see what happens. Ryan, thoughts? Vaughn's uh, second Super Bowl. He was, of course, injured in 13 when the Broncos lost to the Seahawks. You know, had the Tour de Force 2015 postseason, five sacks in three games. And, you know, kind of quiet for the Rams during the regular season. He had five sacks in those eight games. 
but he has two and in, in three postseason games. And, and Bond, hey, let's face it, he he he's a big stage guy. And this is what, this is why the Rams got him is is for this for this game and this playoff run. And you know, I think his 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 Canton resume is is I think personally I think it's secure. Uh, but I think where you're where you're getting with Miller now is if, if he has a big game on Sunday, the Rams win. I think you're inching closer and closer toward first ballot. Right. And uh, a lot depends on who else is eligible that year when he retires, how much more he plays, that kind of thing. But, you know, I think I think Bond has found a home with the Rams. I would expect him to resign there uh, because he knows this, you know, he knows the environment there. He does not want to rebuild, nor should he. So, uh, so he's know, not coming back think, to Denver? Uh, that would be a hard no. Uh, that would be a, a very shocking development because I, I don't think the Broncos feel the need uh, to add somebody at that salary. They could probably go to the draft for those edge rushers. So appreciate that clarification earlier, as Ryan said. That first Super Bowl with Manning, the Broncos, against the Seahawks, the route to the Seahawks, Von Miller did not play due to injury. So really, that first true Super Bowl we played in, against the Panthers came up big. We'll see if, like you said, Ryan, he can come up big again here. I'm, I'm with you. I think he's already in the hall of fame, even if he retired after Sunday and the Rams lose. But if he can come out Sunday and have a vintage Vaughn performance, no doubt aided by some of the defensive talent the Rams have, i.e. Aaron Donald helping them out, creating that pressure inside. If he can come out and do that and the Rams win, he's got two Super Bowl rings with two different teams definitely inching towards first ballot. So we'll continue to track that. And of course, speaking of Canton Thursday night at the NFL honors, the class of 2022 pro football hall of fame is going to be announced and ex Bronco DeMarcus Ware may very well be among them as a first ballot uh, electee. And that will continue Ryan, a recent trend of Broncos getting in and getting in in large numbers after Lynch and Peyton Manning were elected last year and of course Atwater went in last year as well with the 2020 class yeah and then Champ Bailey um three years ago three years ago you know Champ didn't start his career here Peyton didn't start his career John Lynch didn't start his career here uh DeMarcus Ware didn't start his career you know Steve Atwater did um you know Ware 138 and a half sacks that's 13th all time everybody in front of him who's eligible is in the hall of fame um so to me, it's whether it's this year or next year, you know, where uh, won a Super Bowl here uh, with Vaughn uh, six years ago. So he left Dallas. I don't, you know, to me, ring chasing is a fine word. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. So and he saw Dallas not doing anything. So he came to Denver. Then, you know, I'll mention Tony Baselli since he grew up in Boulder. Um, he has reached this stage uh, multiple times. And some of the, the O-line group has sort of been thinned out by elections over the last two, three years. So, you know, um, I know Tony personally from Jacksonville, um, and I think it, it would obviously mean a lot for him to get in. And it would mean a lot for the uh, Colorado, because it's probably not, uh, you probably know better than me, probably not a lot of homegrown Coloradoans in Canton. Yeah, absolutely. Tony went to Fairview High School, as you mentioned, Boulder guy. So we'll be tracking that. We'll be tracking DeMarcus on Thursday evening, DenverPost.com slash Broncos. So the first in Orange podcast, Kyle Newman, Ryan O'Halloran. Let's look ahead here to the Super Bowl as we promised. Rams, the favorite in this game. Line was minus four and a half in LA's favor last I checked. Let's start off with the Rams. What do they got to do to win this game and, and why can they win this game and win their second Super Bowl championship? And first, 
since Kurt Warner and co stopped the Titans on the very last play, what, 20 years ago? Twenty one uh, years ago? Twenty two years ago? More than Maybe. two decades yeah. ago. Yeah, more than two decades ago. Uh, let's put it this way. It was so long ago, I wasn't covering the league yet. Um, how the Rams win? Well, I think you got to put it in Matthew Stafford's hands. I mean, their running game, Cam Akers, miracle recovery from that Achilles. Uh, I think they overused them against Tampa and probably realized that. But this has to be an Odell Beckham game. That's to be a Cooper Cup game. And especially with, uh, it's probably unlikely Tyler Higby, their tight end, is going to play after injuring his knee against the Niners. So I would do try and run it a little bit, play action, and then go uh, Beckham and Cup. If you get a lead, that plays right into your defense with, you know, Donald uh, being a one-man ranking crew inside. You know, and and then, uh, you know, Eric Weddle's come out of retirement to play a little bit. It'd be interesting to see if, uh, if if the Rams put Jalen Ramsey on Jamar Chase throughout the game and travel with them. So I think the Rams have the better uh, the better team on paper, uh, and so that would be my recipe for win, for them to win is uh, you know, air it out. Yeah, and I mean Cooper Cup, NFL Triple Crown winner for receivers this year. As we've seen throughout these playoffs, even when you know the ball is going to him, he's been unstoppable, i.e. when he helped the Rams beat the Buccaneers with that walk-off field goal with that late, uh, late long catch and run. So I I like the Rams, too, just in terms of their passing game. And if it, if it does become an air-it-out thing, that Bengals O-line has been leaky. Joe Burrow sacked nine times just two games ago. And like you mentioned, Aaron Donald and co up front, that's going to be very tough for them to slow. So for the Rams to win, I agree. They got it. They got to air it out. Jalen Ramsey does have to have a good game though. It's, it's interesting to see the contrast and, and the similarities in, in these two wideout cores, Cup and Beckham highlighting LA and then Jamar Chase and co T Higgins and co doing, doing work for Joe Burrow. So which offense can be more explosive? That's almost a question. But then in my mind, it also comes down to which, Defense is going to make a big player too, because we we've both seen they're capable. L.A. certainly, and the Bengals have risen to the task here lately. So that's going to be a key for me. Yeah, and then switching the side to Cincinnati, how they went. Takeaways: they got six interceptions in three playoff games so far, and that gives short fields. That gives momentum. And let's face it, Matthew Stafford has had a tendency to you know throw it up a couple times for grabs. So. Um, you know, the Bengals are also without, could be without their main tight end, C.J. Uzuma, who has 13 catches. He also injured his knee in the, in the championship game. So, you know, this has to be, and, and I, I say this, it's an easy answer, but this has to be a Joe Burrow game because their running game has not done very much at all during the postseason at less than four yards of carry. So if you get into Mixon's hands, I would do it free of the screen game. He's had some success there. Uh, in the playoffs, and then you know a lot of Jamar Chase. You mentioned T. Higgins, so you know the Bengals have a ton of weapons, and you know I think you know Evan McPherson is the rookie kicker who got drafted. Why did you draft a kicker? It's just, this is why. I mean, this this guy is twelve for twelve in field goals in the playoffs, and uh, that's that's a weapon that the uh, Bengals can use, and they'll need to use it because they've stunk in the red zone during the playoffs, and ultimately that's why I'm going to pick Rams when we get to our predictions right now. Yeah, one more thought on the Bengals. McPherson, they wouldn't be here without him. Had the walk-off kick in the AFC title game. Matt Gay for the Rams, he's been a little less 
uh, dependable, but still pretty good. So if it comes down to special teams, I give the slight edge to the Bengals, but they got to find that balance. Like you said, the running game and Joe Mixon and co really hasn't been there after that was one of their marks of their offense all season as, as Mixon was their bell cow and provided that balance without that balance, Joe Burrow and that offensive line might be in trouble. Heading on to our predictions here, we're going to segue into that, and that is why I'm picking the Rams 27, Bengals 24. Joe Burrow puts on another show. Bengals stay in the game, even if they go down early, but Cup remains uncoverable. Von Miller and the Rams get a couple key stops in the fourth quarter, and it's just enough to hold on. Ryan, your thoughts on the Rams and Bengals showdown. Well, first of all, I'll remind myself to email you a picture of Sunday's paper. Uh, I'm going to go with the upset Bengals. And I think they could probably be the most improbable champions since maybe the 0-1 Patriots, uh, who came out of nowhere even though they had a home game. But so did the Bengals. They won their division. So uh, I do think Joe Burrow is going to become one of those guys that wins a national title in college and a Super Bowl championship. So I'm going to go Bengals 30-24. Uh, DenverPost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl week. We'll have a scouting report, more analysis up there for you to check out, and of course, in the Sunday paper as well. This has been Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran on the First in Orange podcast. Appreciate you listening in to today's show. Come back next week for more analysis. And until next time, folks, take it easy.